the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We use the term idol and we think of little wooden statues or metal statues, but there's so much more to that word as we'll see next as we join Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Idol worship is running rampant. Everywhere you look, pop stars, athletes, and other celebrities are put on a pedestal. Think idolatry is a problem unique to the year 2024? Well, not hardly. It's been around for as long as man has been around. Moses didn't even make it down the mountain with the Ten Commandments before the people started worshiping a false idol. Pastor Jessica Stan will take us to Exodus 32 today here on Way of Grace as we continue our series, Arise, Move and Go. Here's Pastor Jesse in today's program. Now it's time for you and I to learn how you and I can be privileged with revelation and it never change your life. It never changes your life. Here I'm bearing record with God that they saw the glory of God. Now, can I say something? Where they were in the uh, Sinai Peninsula, they had a whole lot of room and territory. They were surrounding the mountain. Remember, there are millions of people, so they're spread out wide. But the mountain is high enough for everybody to see the cloud six days, everybody to see the fire. So everybody had a common revelation of the presence of God symbolically, did they not? Can I say something? God never moved. The cloud was still there in our account. The fire is still on top of the mountain. What happened to the mind and perception and reason and conclusions of the people who just a few weeks earlier saw God reside on the mountain in his cloud and in his fire, and now all of a sudden they're saying his servant is dead, which is the same as saying, God is dead. How do you go from seeing God to not seeing God? Isn't that a good question? Well, you go from seeing God to not seeing God when you really did not see him at all. That's the first uh, point I'm trying to lay this out for us. A failure to see God truly by what? See, without faith, it's not only impossible to please God. Don't don't ever turn that into an idle proposition. But without faith, it's impossible to see God. You've got to see God by faith. Listen, there were a lot of people who saw the God man with their physical eye, but never saw who he was with their spiritual eye. Am I making some sense? I'm here to assert that it is extremely probable and plausible 
that men and women can have a grand narrative manifestation of God on an intellectual level and even on a physical empirical level. But if the heart doesn't have an illumination of the revelation of God's glory deeply embedded in them as reality, just as soon as you blink, you'll lose a vision of God. And this is what's going on in our account. And there's some lessons here. There's some lessons here I need to teach you under point number one that's going to take some time. We've got three subpoints. The first is a failure to see God truly by faith. We, I've just argued this in Exodus 24, 16, and 17. Now, I can tell you Moses saw God by faith. The Hebrew writer puts it like this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 27. I'm just going to use Moses as an example. And may I say, as we look at this text, Moses becomes a model for you and I. Meaning, everyone who truly knows God is coming to him. We are coming to God by faith. God is drawing us. We are coming to whom coming as unto a precious stone. Is Jesus precious to us? Are we coming by faith to him? If we are, God is drawing us. Is that what the Bible says? No one can come to me except the Father which sent me, Jesus says, draw him. And the life of the Christian from faith to sight is coming to God. The life of the Christian from the moment that God graces you to believe on him, which is a life of faith, is coming to God. Because one day the beatific vision is what we want to see him face to face. We have the, the, the space, our proximity between the time we were converted until the time we see him face to face to walk by what? And where we are not walking by faith, ladies and gentlemen, idols are running our life. This is what our text is teaching us. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know what that means? He owned his identity in Jehovah. Even though he had all the wealth of Egypt and was poised to be the next prime minister, he rejected it because his identity was he was a Hebrew. He was a son of Abraham. He was a child of the living God. You see the battle we're fighting? Whose God is your God? This will determine your identity. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He was choosing rather to do what? Suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See my point? See my point? See, everything is about a choice. This is why I said you got to think right. Then you got to feel right because your emotions are critical to motivating you to act. But you're not going to act right if you're not feeling right. And if your feeling is all jacked up, it's probably because your thinking is all jacked up. And you can never move towards God unless you're compelled to move towards God by grace with your whole heart. He, if you seek me, you shall find me when you shall seek me with all of your heart. That means I'm compelled with the totality of my being to seek God. That's what David says. Lord, you said seek me. And I, my heart says, Lord, I will seek your face. And that's why God said of David, he was a man after my own heart. Are, are y'all following what I'm saying? So there's some lessons here for us to learn because I want to map them onto where you and I are today. Israel is no different than you and me. Moses here is proven that God has called him. I don't believe that about the 70 that we that were with him in the mount. I don't believe that they were called. I also know that Aaron was not yet anointed because Aaron is acting a plain fool right now. There's a difference between being called and anointed. Okay, 
You need to first be called, but you got to be anointed to come. No one's coming to God without being anointed by the spirit of the living God. You must be covered in Christ's righteousness and then compelled by grace to know that you have a standing with God to come. Men and women who don't have a real knowledge of their standing won't come. They'll come to church, but they won't come to God. And most of the time they won't come to church. Y'all keeping up with me? Right. This is a distinction you're about to see because there's going to be a division that goes on in a horrible judgment, isn't it? Moses then serves for us as what we should be striving for in the person of Christ. It's really absolutely astonishing. Moses is temporarily gone. And what generated this group's opinion? Why did they so quickly move into the notion that they did? Look at verse one. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, y'all see that? Now, again, being grammatically sensitive, I understand what, what the writer is saying here, and I want you to capture it. Now, when the people, and God is doing this on purpose, he's showing you how the people see things. How the people see things as a group, as a collective. When, when the people saw that Moses did what? Moses did what? Moses did what? I want you all to get that. This is their assessment. This is their judgment. This is their conclusion. This is their fabricated assertion. This is their assuming that they can go up into heaven and see what's going on between Moses and God and then draw a conclusion that Moses is late. I got a timetable and Moses should be back by now. You keeping up with me? They asserted that Moses had delayed his coming, which gives us insight into the narrowness of their own arrogance around their assertion that they have a right to put a time frame on what God is doing. I'm here to tell you people do it all the time. If we break this down again into the kind of microcosmic trials that you and I have, a lot of times you're upset with God because God ain't coming when you want him to come. He's not acting when you want him to act. He's not doing it the way you want him to do it. And when God's late in terms of your clock, now you're going to take the bull by the horns. Now you're going to construct your own reality. See what I'm getting at? Now, this is extremely important for you to get because when people are operating in that kind of vacillating, narcissistic, self-centered mindset, you can easily be deceived emotionally. And that's where my culture is today. It's deceived in the sense that it is constructing a false reality, asserting things to be one way when in fact they are not that way at all. Did y'all hear what I just said? And if if you and I sit on the text, you know what we have to do with the text? We have to go, how long did it take for 1.3 million people to get the news that the narrative, the stated news narrative now is Moses has delayed his coming. How long did it take and what kind of inner dynamics of, di- of conversations and dialogues took place at the local level among two people or three people or ten people? How long and what kind of dynamic took place between the echelon of leadership? Because leadership is obviously absent here. What were they doing? How were they engaging the people? How were they helping the people maintain a proper vision of God? They weren't. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? You're getting ready to see something in the text 
that is going to help you understand how the enemy works and where you and I are today. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mount, the people gathered themselves together. Did you see that? Now, this is quite fascinating of the language. What this means is they started a kind of mob riot. Literally in the Greek grammar, in the Hebrew grammar, it says, and they gathered together in a feverish pitch against Aaron. Look at the text. And they gathered themselves together unto. See that preposition unto? It really means against, against Aaron. And when, he, when they came up on Aaron, like the mob is doing today, you know how they run up on people? They ran up on Aaron, and they were telling Aaron something that was not true. I want you to hear it, because now you're looking at what is going on today in terms of inverting truth. The inversion of truth by postmodern irrationalists using power dynamics to change reality by implementing words with fear and threat and then toppling leadership and forcing leadership to comply with their demands. Anybody keeping up with me? The word of the Lord is right, and all of his works are done and true. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. His word is a light, and it will show you how the enemy works, if you're willing to listen. Now notice what it says. It says unto him, up. Do y'all see that? Our elder missed it. He should have caught it because God gave us that term for a reason. Up. That's the title of our series. Arise, move, and go. Saints, listen. Israel wouldn't be 10 journeys in if God didn't say to Moses, arise, move, and go. And then to Aaron, arise, move, and go. And then beat Pharaoh down for a whole year, destroying his gods. And then on the first day of the new year, tell the people of God, what? Arise, move, and go. And you guys have heard this now 10 times. Now, all of a sudden, the people are in authority. They're the ones telling leadership to arise, move, and go. Y'all got that? I can tell you Karl Marx is celebrating in his grave right now as the proletariat has toppled the leadership and is exercising tyranny from the ground up. That's what's going on in my world today. I'm teaching a lot of you guys. You guys understand this is not some kind of organic process going on. This is strategic, diabolical ideologies that are moving people from the ground up. I I would much rather say from the ground lower because it's coming from hell. But the people are testing everyone who is not truly anointed and toppling them. Every man, woman, every authority, every institution, every 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 uh, government, political, social, G, uh, NGO company that is not rooted by God, as, as, Moses, as, uh, as John the Baptist said it in Jesus, every tree that my father has not planted is getting uprooted. And Marx knows that. So when men and women are not grounded in Jesus and, and these barking mobs come at you, you can't stand unless you're grounded in Christ. You cannot stand unless you're grounded in Christ. The only way to face the mob is in the shelter of Christ. So very important. May God open your eyes because people are, see, I remember I told you, either you and I are operating out of the antagonist of scripture or the protagonist. 
Either we're on God's side in the narrative or we're on the enemy's side, right? It's uncomfortable right now because you and I have to wake up to what Moses is about to say when he sees what God told him. Because see, right now, Moses don't know what's going on. God has told him, and when he sees it, Moses is going to say, all right, everyone that's on the Lord's side, come over here. Because it's about to go down. That's called real manhood. That's called biblical masculinity. That's called holding the line. Everybody's going to hell if we don't stand for God. Everybody's going to hell. Y'all keeping up with me? All right, got more work to do here, more work to do. I just want you to grasp what's going on. This is a remarkable case. Notice what it says. He said unto him, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. I'm just, see, this is why I'm telling you. Watch this. Make us gods. You can't possibly be a believer in the true and the living God with that kind of request. And then watch what he says, what they say. Make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, now I want you to hear this. The man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt. There it is. This is why I've said for so long. The danger of leadership putting their trust in people is asinine. You see how quick, see how quick you can put a pastor on a pedestal, a preacher on a pedestal. Now, all of a sudden, y'all don't see God. Y'all just see the preacher. All of this is going on in our world all the time, particularly in our crazy, maniacal Pentecostal churches where the great man of God or the great woman of God is lifted up. Am I making some sense? There's none great but God And there's none right but Christ. And whenever you are being drawn into the glory of God by sound teaching and sound preaching, you devote your heart to God. You thank God for the servant, but you never settle on the servant. Because otherwise, you're going to blame him or her for your salvation. Now, you see what these people are doing? They're completely ignoring God. They have censored God. They've censored God. God's not in the conversation, is he? This is what's going on today, right? When you censor somebody, you kill them. They have censored God, and now they've condemned Moses. They've condemned Moses with a postmodern, irrational lie because they don't know that Moses is dead. They're making that assertion. This is the unreal that goes on in our world every day. This is called the unreal, and I'm teaching you guys that right now. What you're seeing today is a fabrication of unreal things, and you're being forced to call them real. So you're seeing external idols across the plethora of everything that's taking place in our world. We are fabricating all kinds of idols, and we are saying that's real, and what God has done is not. May God open your eyes. This is why the Bible is teaching you what it's teaching you. The man which brought us up out of the land of Egypt. Sorry, folks. Moses didn't bring you up. God brought you up. But the problem is you don't see it. And this is why people don't act like there's a God. Because of point number one, sub point A, a failure to see God truly. Sub point B, this is quite interesting. Sub point B, the presumption of manufacturing a false what? That was my point that I'm I'm developing. It's so critically important. Look at verse three. Go back to verse three and four. I'm getting ready to 
drill down in and show you something else on a much more psychological and therefore more sociological and spiritual level because you must know your Bible is relevant. See, today you're being told it's not relevant. Is your Bible relevant? Watch how deep we go. Watch how deep we go. Here it is. And all the people, go back to verse 2. Go back to verse 2. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in your ears, the ears of your wives, sons, and daughters, and bring them unto me. Aaron has capitulated, hasn't he? He's He's straight up bought into a vision that does not correspond with truth. And as a leader, rather than him submitting himself to the mob, which Exodus 21 said, you shall not follow a multitude to do evil. The last person to do that should be leadership. And here's leadership following a multitude to do evil, is he not? That means, mo- that means Aaron was shaky. I told you, he might have been called, but he was not yet what? Anointed. Because once you're anointed, you do not fear men. You might shake, but you do not fear men. I'd much rather fear God than fear men. Now listen to what's going on, because there's something to learn here. You need to learn this. Here it is. Break off. Go back, please. Break off the earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. I'm not going to stay here long. I want you to offer your children on the altar of sacrifice to create a new God. I'm not going to stay here long. You can drill down into the inference and application. It's very clear. Because what's going on is the body. Remember, the battle is for the body. For those of you who keep up with me in studies, the battle is always for the body. The worship is in the body. Everything we do is in the body. Your body is designed to serve God. When the enemy can get a hold of your body and take parts from your body, which is what's going on today, you are allowing yourself to serve a false God. Moreover, what's going on here is a, what is called a recapitulation of a principle that God laid down. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, he allowed them to plunder the Egyptians. That wasn't reparations. That's another story. But he allowed them to plunder the Egyptians to demonstrate that God had won the battle. And whenever you win the battle, the enemy must give up the goods. And God gave Israel all kinds of gold and silver and precious stones, did they not? So for those of you who need a short version, he did not give the people of God those wealth and riches for them. It's not about them. He gave them the wealth and riches in order that they might build a glorious tabernacle in the wilderness to be a representation of the presence of God as they make their way to the promised land. Y'all keeping up with me? And that's exactly what Exodus 25, just a few chapters back, was, was the instruction that God had told Moses to tell the people, give me your earrings, give me your gold, give me your silver, give me your brass, give me your yarn, your linen, give me all of your fine linen, give me, because we now have to build a tabernacle. It is a clear symbol of what kind of sacrifice we are all called to be committed to when it comes to building God's church. May I just give you the caveat I taught you before. You are not engaging in building God's church if you are not sacrificing. You are not engaging in building God's church if you're not. Sorry, please get this. Please get this. Worship is always about sacrifice. If God is calling you and I to uh, bring lambs and, and, and bullocks, those are part of our, 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 our produce. 
Those are part of our, our, our commonwealth. You bring that to worship as a sacrifice. You give back to God what God gave to you. You give back to God what God gave to you. Do I have to drill down into this or do you get it? So no one comes to worship empty handed, especially not the men, because the men are leaders in the church. They come giving because they have received. They come giving because they have received. No one properly understands worship if all they're doing is to come to receive. That's clear to me you've not been born again. It's clear to me you don't know what worship is. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.